This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. What does it mean to sacrifice for someone or something? Sacrifice involves a deep affection for and a devotion to a person or cause. In today's program, we're going to talk about Jesus' supreme sacrifice for our salvation and how we can appropriately respond to it. Please stay with us. Sacrifice is a part of every life of love. What is so important to you that you would risk everything to attain it? Who is so precious to you that you would give everything to rescue them? Today I want us to talk about God's great supreme sacrifice for us in giving Jesus and Jesus' sacrifice of love that you and I would be his. Let's pray. Lord God, grip our hearts again with the magnitude of what you offer us in your great love for us through Jesus Christ. By your Holy Spirit, open our hearts to your word that we might hear the good news of Jesus with fresh ears and strong faith. In his name we pray, amen. Today our scripture comes from Romans chapter 5 beginning with verse 6. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. Sacrifice. What is so important in life to you that you would die to protect it or attain it? Who is so precious to you that you would sacrifice everything to rescue them from danger? Love involves sacrifice. There are many examples of sacrifice. We could think of an athlete who disciplines his or her body in the rhythms of life to maximize their ability in a designated sport. We can think of a parent who sacrifices greatly to protect or improve the quality of life for their child, or missionaries who leave their homeland and family in comfort to share the life-changing message of Jesus' love with another culture. On this particular weekend, we think of soldiers who put their lives on the line to gain or protect freedom, or might have even made the ultimate sacrifice that we might enjoy our freedom. 
But I today want to talk with you about God's supreme sacrifice in offering Jesus to us and Jesus' supreme sacrifice in going to the cross that we might be forgiven and reconciled to God and live with him by faith in a relationship of a love. We know the verse John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For the Father did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. In 1967, a man named Dennis Hensley wrote a fictional short story that has been read and retold countless times. It's called The Railway Switchman and His Child. There was once a swing bridge that spanned a large river. During most of the day, the bridge sat with its length running up and down the river paralleled with the banks, allowing ships to pass through freely on both sides of the bridge. But at certain times each day, a train would come along and the bridge would be turned sideways across the river, allowing the train to cross it. A switchman sat in a shack on one side of the river where he operated the controls to turn the bridge and lock it into place as the train crossed. One evening, as the switchman was waiting for the last train of the day to come, he looked off into the distance through the dimming twilight and caught sight of the train lights approaching. He stepped onto the control and waited until the train was within a prescribed distance. Then he was to turn the bridge. He turned the bridge into position, but to his horror, he found the locking control did not work. If the bridge was not securely in position, it would cause the train to jump the track and crash into the river. This last train of the day would be a passenger train with many people aboard. He left the bridge, turned across the river, and hurried across the bridge to the other side of the river where there was another lever switch he could hold to operate the lock manually. He would have to hold the lever back firmly as the train crossed. He could hear the rumble of the train approaching now. He took hold of the lever and leaned backward to apply his weight to it, locking the bridge. He kept applying the pressure to keep that mechanism locked. Many lives depended on this man's strength. Then, coming across the bridge from the direction of his control shack, he heard a sound that made his blood run cold. Daddy, where are you? His four-year-old son was crossing the bridge looking for him. His first impulse was to cry out to the child, Run, run, boy! But the train was too close. He knew the tiny legs would never make it across the bridge in time. The man almost left his lever to snatch up his son and carry him to safety, but he realized that he would not get back to the lever in time if he saved his son. Either many people on the train would die, or his own son must die. He took but a moment to make his decision. The train sped safely and swiftly on its way, and no one on board the train was even aware of the tiny broken body thrown mercilessly into the river by the onrushing train. Nor were they aware of the pitiful figure of the sobbing father still clinging to the locking lever long after the train had passed the bridge. 
They didn't see the man walking home slowly to tell his wife that their son had died. If you feel the emotions surging through that father's heart in this tragic story, then you begin to understand the feelings of our heavenly father when he sacrificed Jesus, his son, to bridge the gap between us and God. John 3.16, For God so loved the world. No wonder the day Jesus was crucified, the creation turned dark and the earth shook. For the Lord of creation, the Lord of life, the Son of God was being sacrificed. Why? There's only one answer. The love of the Father God for all people in the world. The sacrificial love of God for you. But it wasn't just the Father who made a great sacrifice. Jesus himself also made a supreme sacrifice. And Jesus' sacrifice was more than the moments on the cross of Calvary. In Philippians 2, it said that when Jesus came to earth, he emptied himself of all his power and glory. Like the gospel song, he left the splendor of heaven, knowing his destiny was the lonely hill of Golgotha, there to lay down his life for me. If that isn't love, then heaven's a myth, if that isn't love. Jesus became a man and experienced the limits of our humanness. He knew what it was like to feel nauseated or vomit. He knew what it was like to spit and cough. Yes, he required human elimination. He experienced fatigue, pain, hunger, perpetration of injustice. He knew every human emotion. It wasn't just the agony of Passion Week and the cross where Jesus was beaten and whipped and pierced through with spikes through his wrists and his feet to attach him to a wooden cross and hang suspended between heaven and earth. It also is true, as it says in Romans 5, that Jesus died for the helpless. Jesus died for the ungodly. Jesus died for sinners like me. Sinners not only by my immorality or failures, but sinners by our defiant rebellion. He bridged the gap. Isaiah 53 sheds more light on it. It says that Jesus carried every form of curse and rebellion and brokenness in his body. It says that he took our infirmities and sicknesses onto himself. It says that he bore our sorrows and carried our grief. It says that he lifted our guilt and took our shame. The full fury of evil's worst was vented on Jesus, the Son of God, so that you and I in faith today can say, we are more than conquerors because of Jesus Christ's sacrificial love. It was a battle between God and Satan, and God sacrificially loved us in a way to give us victory. Jesus knew no sin, but became sin, 
that through him we might become the righteousness of God, the perfect Son of God, the perfect Son of Man, bore the guilt of all of humanity, not only so that we're not condemned, but that we might be reconciled into the family of God. How can we respond to such a great sacrifice? Paul says that we do it by offering our lives as a living sacrifice back to God. In Romans 12, Paul writes, I appeal to you by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, which is your spiritual expression of worship. He wrote also in 2 Corinthians 5, so that we might no longer live for ourselves, but for Jesus who died and rose for us. Recently, I read the bio story of a man named Dr. Mark Jacobson and his wife, Linda. Mark Jacobson was a brilliant man. He graduated valedictorian at Harvard University and went on to the University of Minnesota Medical School and again was top student in his class. And he gave the valedictorian address at the graduation. An incredibly brilliant man. He felt the Spirit of God calling him to another culture, to Arusha, Tanzania, to a place of the world where there's great health care needs and great human suffering. Each year, that hospital in Arusha, Tanzania, takes care of 35,000 patients, and each patient pays $1. So the total income of the hospital in Arusha is $35,000 paid by the patients and their families for their medical care. And the patients feel good and self-respecting about paying those medical bills. But Dr. Jacobson could have used his intelligence and ability to use his brains and education for a lucrative medical practice in the United States. But he didn't. He heard the Spirit call him to follow Jesus and offer his life as a living sacrifice to make a difference in the lives of the men and women, boys and girls of Tanzania. A living sacrifice. We can learn a lesson from a story of history. King Frederick William III of Prussia, during his reign, found himself in trouble. We know that wars are very costly, but King Frederick William III was trying to build the nation and he was seriously short of finances. He knew he couldn't disappoint his people, but he would not capitulate to his enemy. That was unthinkable. After careful reflection, he decided to ask the women of Prussia to bring their gold and silver jewelry to be melted down as a sacrifice for their country. For each ornament received, the king determined to exchange a decoration of iron as a symbol of his gratitude. Each decoration would be inscribed, I gave gold for iron, 1813. The response was surprisingly overwhelming. Even more important, These women prized their gifts from the king more than their former gold and silver jewelry. The reason, of course, is clear. 
The decorations themselves were proof that they had sacrificed for their king. In fact, it became unfashionable to wear gold and silver jewelry, and thus was established the Order of the Iron Cross. Members wore no ornaments except the cross of iron for all to see. So also for we who belong to King Jesus, we exchange the trinkets of our former life for the way of the cross. Some people call it the cruciform life, the way of living sacrifice for Jesus Christ. Preacher and teacher Fred Craddock says, To give my life for Christ appears glorious. To pour myself out for others, to pay the ultimate sacrifice of martyrdom. I'll do it. I'm ready, Lord, ready to go out in a blaze of glory. We think giving our all to the Lord is like taking a thousand dollar bill and laying it on the table and saying, Here's my life, Lord. I'm giving you my all. But the reality for most of us is the Lord sends us to the bank and asks us to cash in the thousand dollar bill for a pile of quarters. And we go through life giving out 25 cents here and 50 cents there. We listen to the neighbor kid's troubles instead of telling him to get lost. We serve on a volunteer committee for the sake of an organization. We give a cup of cold water to a shaky old man in a nursing home. Countless little mundane acts of service expressing love, the same love that King Jesus has poured into our hearts. Usually, giving our lives to Jesus Christ isn't glorious. It's done in all those little acts of love, 25 cents at a time. It'd be easy to go out in a flash of glory. It's much harder to live the Christian life little by little, a day at a time, over the long haul. God so loved the world that he gave Jesus to us, that we who believe in him might not perish, but have eternal life. God's love for us is so great that he sacrificed Jesus. And Jesus laid down his life in love. What should we do in response? Confess our sin and ask Jesus' forgiveness. Confess your faith in Jesus as your Savior and Lord and God. Thank Jesus for his supreme sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. Invite Jesus' spirit to live within you. Thank him for indwelling your life. And rise each day to offer your life as a living sacrifice to build the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you went to the cross for us. That you were willing to sacrifice everything for us. And that your blood ran red down that cross, that we might know and believe that all our sins are forgiven, that all our wounds can be healed, and that you desire to redeem our life for yourself. Thank you that through the cross we are reconciled into a relationship and that day by day we can enjoy your love by faith. In your name we pray. Amen. 
Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you to exchange the trinkets of your former life for the way of the cross, a living sacrifice for Jesus Christ. Christian Crusaders has been blessed throughout our 81-year history with generous and faithful listeners who have supported this ministry with their prayers and financial gifts. If you believe in the mission of this ministry and are able to do so, we ask you to consider making a generous contribution to Christian Crusaders so we can continue bringing the good news of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection to our world. Direct your gifts to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613, or visit our website at christiancrusaders.org. The staff and board of Christian Crusaders care deeply about the spiritual lives of our listeners. If you have a concern for which you desire prayer, please contact us by visiting our webpage and following the Is This For Me link. Our board of directors and staff are dedicated to lifting up our listeners to the throne of grace through intercessory prayer. All requests are kept confidential. CDs and printed copies of our programs are available free of charge. However, a gift of any amount to help cover production and mailing costs is always appreciated. Address your request to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Our email address is cc at naz.org. Our toll-free telephone number is one 888 my faith. That's 1-888-693-2484. We are pleased you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was the Reverend Lee Lavig, Senior Pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Spencer, Iowa, and Associate Speaker on Christian Crusaders now in its 81st year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.